This is a Kirkendall Barrett presentation, darling. <laughs> Dad is dead. There is a dog. You bought strawberries. <laughs> Who do you think you are? You buy homemade bread? What are you, chewing on? What makes him happy? Uh, Not being in this movie? Not being in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> a lifetime of Hallmark. Well, hello, everybody. It is your favorite day of the week. It is time for another episode of A Lifetime of Hallmark, where we talk about your favorite movies on both Lifetime and the Hallmark Channel and try to make sense of them. I am Les Kirkendall Barrett. Hello, Jason Bowers. Hello, Les Kirkendall Barrett. And hello, Kirk Fitzpatrick. Hello, Les Kirkendall Barrett. And hello, Jason Bowers. And I am talking to you two from Minneapolis, where it is cold, 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 but people are wearing shorts because it's 35 degrees. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, people are wearing shorts and hoodies and Uh, that's it. I get that. I mean, once you're in a cold climate for a while, you get so used to it that anytime it gets a little bit above freezing, you're like, yeah, I'm good. Shorts are fine. Yeah, so. Well, I'm not gonna live there. I, on the other hand, am freezing my ass off. How are you two? Good. I'm good. It's you know it was, it was temperate today. It was probably in the mid 60s here today in LA. Oh my God, they'd be in bikinis here. Yeah. <laughs> That's our lifetime hallmark weather report. Right. Back to you in the studio. <laughs> I should add, it's fairly cold in New Jersey. Flowers started to bloom, and then they've sucked themselves back in. Right. You can hear the sucking sound in New Jersey. <laughs> Is that yeah, I, I, I'm not much of a botanist. Is that something that actually happens? The flowers will retract if it's like, oh, nope, too cold, or do they just die? Yeah. No, I think they do start to retract a little bit. They start to, you know, they start to droop a little bit. You could just see the disappointment. <laughs> disappointment. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, though, one thing that did not disappoint was this movie. I actually liked it. Hmm. Because I think some of those flowers were by my window and happened to see the movie and sort of the droop. (gasps) You didn't like it? (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, it's... (laughs) I I thought it was okay. I didn't love it, but uh, I I didn't actively hate it either. No, it's it's all right. Now, now their L.A. Geography was bad. It was so bad. <laughs> I mean, that, that that only bothered me from a, like, it, it's so ridiculous when you see a movie set in L.A. Uh, where the entire film and TV industry is based and they're, they're getting things wildly wrong. That bothers me on that level. Right. Yeah. But we'll get into but, that as we, as we get into this movie, A Little Daytime Drama from Hallmark. Yes, and the, but and what I did like is they got soap stars to do it. All, my Three of my favorite soap stars were on the cast. It was good. Okay. It was good. Yeah. It's a special well, interest but, for you. Yes. But before we get into this, is there any black China news? Doing a piece of China. 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 I'm talking China. The Black China Report. Here's Kurt Fitzpatrick. All right. From page six, and this was uh, just a couple of days ago. We're recording this on April 1st, 2022. Uh, Black China claimed on Twitter that she had to give up three of her cars because she oh. allegedly 
allegedly receives no support from her exes. Yesterday, I had to give up three of my cars. My reasons, morals, beliefs, being a single mother, no support. I'm a mama, the model tweeted Wednesday morning. Single, no support, child support, she wrote in a second tweet. Despite her vehicular loss, <laughs> v- v- vehicular, vascular, no, says, no, vehicular loss, uh, China tweeted that she is still practicing gratitude. China 33 shares nine-year-old son King Cairo with ex Tyga and five-year-old daughter Dream with ex-fiance Rob Kardashian. Seeing the tweets, a fan appeared to shade China by alluding to Kardashian's more public efforts with Dream, writing, when the other parent is actively in the child's life, taking the child on days and clothing, feeding the child, so what it says, is child support warranted? Well, no, it's not when the other parenting successful, I guess they leave out words when people tweet because this is what black china said no it's not when the other parenting is successful it's called co-parenting but greedy parents try to get child support because they're not doing nothing um rocket ship emoji reps for taiga and kardashian didn't immediately return page six's request for comment um this is not the first time the last Salon owner has claimed that neither of her baby daddies are providing her with financial aid. In September 2020, China actually bragged that she was so successful that she did not even need her child support. My biggest flex, I mean, just honestly, taking care of my kids by myself as a single parent but no child support, she said on Sirius XM's Hip Hop Nation at the time. So that's my biggest flex. That's what's up. Uh, China and Kardashian 35 settled their child support battle in March 2019. He had been paying her $20,000 per month, but requested his payments be lowered because his financial situation had changed. His request ultimately came through as a judge ruled both China and Kardashian should only be responsible for paying for the daughter's needs. China has not asked for child support since the ruling. Okay, so what does flex mean? That's her flex. Oh, flex is like showing off. Like I, I've got yeah. the, this this oh. thing, this skill set that I know that I've got and maybe other people don't, so I'm I'm showing it off. Right. Oh, that's your flex. flex. Like flexing, using yeah, word. flexing like a muzzle. I that. Right. But so exactly. what this story left out, because this story is like a couple days old, is Rob and Tyga did uh, comment on this. They commented on the Instagram post. Oh, they did. So what did they say? Yeah, we, we sent that to you. So uh, let me see if I can find the exact wording. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, let me see. Basically, they were, they were both coming back at her saying, why would we pay child support? Because we've got the kid for the majority of the week, and we already pay for everything anyway. Hmm. Oh, did you that, that was, that? That yeah, was the long and short of what they said, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I sent that. you a screenshot of what they yeah, had said. Here we go. Uh, yeah, they, Rob Kardashian and Tiger sound off after Black China claimed she, she had to go three cars. Yeah, they... No, it's hard to read it. They just said, no way. That's what I got on this screenshot. Yeah. Rob I says, I pay 37 k a year for my daughter's school. I handle uh, every single medical expense. I pay for all her extracurricular activities. I have my daughter from Tuesday through Saturday. Why would I pay child support? LOL. Tuesday yeah. through Saturday? Yeah, Tuesday through Saturday. And Tyga says that he's got the son Monday through Saturday. So, like... Wow! So she oh, doesn't even have a, uh, a primary custody. It sounds like yeah, she gets them once a week. Wow! Wow! How many car? I wonder how many cars does she have? How many do you need? N- not three, three, apparently. No, she had to get rid of three cars. 
But the one thing that I do disagree with is the fact that we know that that Black China is a hardworking woman. She is a hard worker. Say what you will. But, you know. Oh, she is a hardworking woman. I, but I think it was kind of dumb to take to Instagram to try and get sympathy because you're getting rid of your cars. Right. Because you, yeah. And because by your claim, you're not being helped with child support. It's like, well, they're doing most of the raising of the child, it sounds like. True. And True. cars depreciate, unless she owns, like, the original Knight Rider car or, you know, the van from the A-Team. The Batmobile. You know, she's got the, yeah. the, the mystery machine from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> she's got the car. She's got the car from the movie Psycho that gets that, that like, falls into the lake, sinks in the lake. And that stuff's worth money. Oh, but that, otherwise. That right. car that Beverly Hillbillies drove. <gasps> that that would be worth money. I she would love it to live in a world where Black China and Jay Leno have shared interests, and that interest is like all kinds of unique cars. They could hang out. I would like to live in a world where Black China plays Ellie Mae Clampett. Well, I think we 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 could be living in that world. That's definitely a possibility. Yeah, I well. I just saw. Um, <laughs> Everything, everywhere, all at once the other night, which is all about the multiverse. So, like, I, I truly believe this is possible. What's that? I'll watch yeah. that. that. It is good. incredible. Yeah? It I'll is, watch it tonight. It is. Everywhere. What's it called? Everything, everywhere, all at once. But you have to go see it in a theater. It's not on oh, streaming yet. It uh, stars Michelle Yeoh as this woman who is getting a, a basically – ends up being pulled into multiple universes when she's getting her taxes done. And this the movie has kung fu, it's got family drama, it's got uh like really heartfelt moments. It's weird as hell and hilarious and really 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 original. It is probably what? the best movie I've seen in at least 5 years. Oh my gosh, okay, you just these. sold it to yeah. me. Where'd you see it? Uh, at the IMAX theater in Century City. Well, oh, IMAX okay. Movie, so. That's you just sold it to me. I will go and see that this week when okay. I get back to town. I just saw Nobody with Bob Odenkirk. That movie's badass. I've heard that's good too. Yeah, he should have won the Oscar. Okay, so speaking of, are, are we going to talk about it? I, I think people. I think. Our listeners are dying to hear our take on this situation. Yeah, because nobody has had a take on this at all. In the nobody, past has nobody. Expressed, nobody has an expressed an opinion on this. We will be our very first ones. Some people not not, we don't even know that it happened. This could be another form of news to them. All right. Yes. And the news is that we're going to talk about is that Will Smith won an Oscar. He did. Yes. That's it. That's all we're going to talk about. I was right. rooting for him. But I do think Andrew Garfield was very good. And uh, tick, tick, boom. But you know what? Sometimes you got to slap a bitch. <laughs> Damn. Is that, is that the opinion we're going we're gonna to go on the record with? No. Well, that is solely is Les's my... opinion. Les is super violent. Well, no, because you know what? You know, <laughs> you, well, no, no, because you know who I'm quoting? And she didn't say bitch, but Aunt Viv, they interviewed Aunt Viv, and oh, Aunt yeah. Viv said sometimes people need to be slapped. Oh, That's yeah, you did send that. I didn't look at that either. Yeah, should have. That's what Aunt Viv said. That's what she said. Well, I, like, I damn. I don't have a problem with bald women. I like them. I like 
Jada's hot. I, the the bald woman from Star Trek: The Motion Picture, uh, Sinead O'Connor, and G.A. Jane was hot. Yeah, she was. I got no problem. Sigourney Weaver had a shaved head at one point. She still looked good. I'm all for it. And, and to be honest, and I said this on my I said this on my Facebook page. I'm sick of hearing it from both sides. You mean the Chris Rock camp and the Will Smith camp? Yeah, I, yeah. I like both. Both sides are you know are annoying me, and, and yet only... here we are talking about it though. Right. We well, have I mean, to. Our listeners you know, but you kind of have to. That's the thing. Yeah, we, do we? we have to address it. And, yeah. What does this have to do go. with Lifetime and Hallmark yeah. movies? I yeah. We, well, you we never always... know. Wait, you ne- <laughs> wait, you never know. How long do you think this is going to take to be like on a Lifetime movie, like a, a star oh. is on? <laughs> no, there's a segue. Or killed, like yeah, the wrong. That could happen. You presented the wrong award. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. How much? How long? How much do you want to? I give it like two or three months. For what? Until there's going to be an incident on one of the Lifetime movies. Because Hallmark would never do that. No. Ever. Although they're, the but, movie that we watched this week, they do deal with, you know, behind the scenes of the industry. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. They, they said easily, the word divorce. Yeah. They could have easily slipped in this. Yeah. It's a last minute so, edit. So, so, and then my hot take, and I'll just, and I, then I'll shut up. The thing that Wait, the person that said that he's got, tired of everyone's takes is giving a take. No, but it's, but it's not a, but okay. You should have heard that. I'm tired of people like pontificating <laughs> and getting all self, self-righteous and making it about them and dramatizing it. The only, my only hot take is I do stand up comedy. And so a lot of my friends were the only thing that we discussed, honestly, is the fact that it makes us kind of worried because now if we're on stage and someone says something that we don't like, because as a stand-up, you deal with like audience and you deal with some violent shit sometimes and yeah. some kind of, again, get kind of scary sometimes, but there's security there to kind of like, you know, put people in their place and people, you know, when you do stand up a lot of times, let's face it, the majority of the time you're doing it for drunk people. Yeah. And so that was just my, like my only hot take. And with my friends is just the fact that, wow, this gives a message to people that, you know, you can do it. And get but, away with it. So that's my only hot take. And, and I'm not trying to go after you here, but doesn't that take that you have, isn't that making it about yourself? Which is what you were no, upset with other people. And, no, but also I have friends, honestly, who have experienced violence from audience members before. I, I'm not saying oh, yeah. it doesn't exist. I absolutely know that it exists. I'm just saying and, that does this incident does I, I don't think anyone was like, oh, well, Will Smith did it, so now I'm really going to punch someone at a show. No, no, like there's some people, though, like drunk comedy club people that would. I did a show one time. Yeah, people started. I mean, think of it. Like at a comedy club, they get people fucked They do. Up. But those people that are yeah. going to get fucked up and going to punch somebody were going to do that before Will Smith came along and did it. Because my friend told a story. My, I'm not going to mention the name, but my friend told the story about how she was on stage and this woman, and she said something that this 
women didn't like. And the woman went on stage and like scratched her and hit her. And the only reason why she didn't hit her back was because the woman was pregnant. Jeez. So shit like that. Yeah. Crazy I, shit like oh, that. I did a show. Go ahead. I did a show years ago. People were, were pelting me with ice. Yeah, people throwing shit at you. That was a fun. So it does happen. No, it, it does. But I don't think it happening with Will Smith is lighting a light bulb in anyone's head where they're like, I hadn't thought of doing that before. Like, they were going to do it because they're drunk. <laughs> but um, anyway. I don't know. There's some, there's some people who, because of Will Smith, they got, they got drunk and they went and acted in Wild Wild West. So. <laughs> Well, he quit the academy anyway, so. <laughs> and Gemini, man. You I know, mean, isn't I'm that punishment enough, worked... having been in those two movies, Kurt? I worked. I was in, Wait, I was were you in Wild Wild West, Kurt? No, I was, I, I, act, I was an extra in the worst movie Will Smith ever made, which is Collateral Beauty. I talked about that before, I think. Oh. Well, so Wild Wild West isn't the worst one, though. I thought that Wild Wild West. Was no, the no, worst. Collateral Beauty is way. I mean, Wild Wild West is the magnificent Ambersons compared to. Oh jeez, <laughs> I hated Hitch for what it's worth. Hated it. Well, because I hate honestly, I had never heard of that movie before. Before you, so was this earlier in his career or like which one? Collateral Beauty. Collateral. No, yeah. Collateral Beauty was like two, three years ago, maybe. Five years ago? No, it wasn't two years ago. COVID was still going on. Uh, like five years ago, so I think. Like 2016. I guess that's like seven. Wow. I think but Kurt froze. I thought I told it. Oh, there you are. Did I, did, I did I tell that story last week? I don't want to tell the same story. I told it to somebody. I don't think you told it to us. No, definitely I went, well, that I went to... Last oh, week. okay. Must have been the other podcast I was on the... Uh, shelf shedding podcast i told the story oh well we'll spread it around this is the home podcast so anyway i said i went to um i was in the movie i i i, I showed up to collateral beauty and will smith wasn't wasn't there and then they announced it was in the movie they said oh ed norton and kate winslet are filming a scene this this, this woman goes ah oh, she, <laughs> she can't see will smith but then i went to i got to go see a screening because i was in the sag uh SAG Award nominating committee. So I go to like, there's this the Warner Brothers screening room in New York and I go see it and they're all there. Will Smith, Ed Norton. Will Smith is like happy. And I, and I just, I watched this movie. I was like, this is the shittiest movie I've ever seen. That's and funny. And I didn't say anything. I was going to raise my hand and say, uh, you guys. <laughs> like, did you run out? Like, was it one of these situations? No. Like you ran out before the move, like, like right when the movie was over. So nobody no, it was done. And they all came out. Helen Mirren, Will Smith, uh, Edward Norton. They all came out. And they were all, all, all happy. Will Smith was bounced off the walls. And then I, right. I, so I left. I went in the elevator, which is like me and this other guy. And I'm just like, so what would you think of that movie? And he's just like, oh, I was, I was, all right, what do you think? I said, it was horrible. <laughs> and I have no idea who the guy was. He's probably the director. Right. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Like, don't hire that Kurt Fitzpatrick. <laughs> that's okay. Whew. Well. Carl beauty. Should we get well, into anyway. this beauty of a movie? Yes, let's, yeah, let's do it. Yes. So, let me a, put my a little up. daytime drama, a Hallmark movie about people in the soap opera world. Yes. So we start out with a soap opera scene, and then it flashes to 
Felicia Gallant from Another World and Attitudes, Linda Dana. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. I, like, I know Linda Dana from Attitudes. What's this Attitudes? Attitudes. So show. Attitudes was a talk show in the early 90s, very early 90s yes. uh, on Lifetime. This is basically when cable networks were still kind of new and still starting to do some original programming. And Lifetime wanted to attract women during the day, but didn't have like huge budgets to do soap operas. So they had a female fronted uh, talk show hosted by Linda Dano and Nancy Glass, and they used to spoof it on Saturday Night Live yes. with Nora Dunn and Jan Hooks. Oh, I remember Nancy Glass because she was in Philly. She yeah. used to host Evening Magazine Correct. back in the 80s. Correct. So she yeah. did this after she did Evening yeah, Magazine. Yeah. yeah. And so, so it, it lasted time- a couple seasons on, on Lifetime, and it was fascinating as hell because the, they couldn't get real good guests so they did a lot of like no. weird lifestyle segments and stuff and like randos would be on the show and it was fascinating to watch and, and linda dana would always talk about her husband frank yeah and linda dana so is- had her outfits were all, like it was you know peak late 80s early 90s massive shoulder pads huge collars big pendants big earrings uh, it's amazing. Like, oh. go look up clips online. Yeah. And, so this and, is the older uh, lady. Yes, the the executive producer yeah. of the soap. Yes. Okay. And, and and while she was doing attitudes, she was simultaneously Felicia Gallant on Another World, who also had big shoulder pads. Yeah. Wow. And even to this day, Jason, isn't it kind of weird to look at Linda Dano and it's like without the shoulder pads, like something's kind of missing. Yeah. It it it's <laughs> like you're not quite Linda Dano. Right. It'd be like seeing, um, like you know, a Dolly Parton without her wigs or something. You know what I mean? Like it's right. it, it's like that. It's like you like still know it's them, but something something's missing. It's like if the unknown comic took off his took off the bag on his head. You know. So so yes. then, Felicia Gallant from Another World starts talking to Teresa Brady from Days of Our Lives. Mm. I'm glad you're up on this. Uh, uh, Maggie. And she um, tells her, you know, you're coming with me to this meeting because she's basically grooming Maggie to uh, Linda Dano is the producer. And she's grooming Maggie to take over for her because she's going to retire soon. There was a scene very early in this movie where it was, I think it was the first scene with, uh, uh, what is it, Maggie and um, Alice. And at first, I was like, oh, is Maggie new here? Because she she said something like, oh, you know, re- reuse everything in terms of, like, the, the props and stuff. Almost like she right. was surprised, like, oh, I'm new here, and I, I didn't know that that's what happened. And then we find out that she's been there for four years, and she's the head right. writer. Right. Yeah. The head writer of the show. But, but like, for the head writer, what's the word she mispronounced? That's all right. I'll find it. Okay. I lost it again. And the name of the soap we should point out is called Forever is a Long, Long Time. Which, which I think is hilarious. Well, it's, oh, it is it is hilarious because if this movie were super terrible, it would have been an omen about the movie. Right. Okay. So I know I mispronounce words sometimes. I say Tiga instead of Taga. But she, <laughs> she said, so the word is posthumous. She said posthumous. Oh, oh I missed that. Yeah. Miss that. 
Well, there should be a dialect coach or somebody. Posthumous. <laughs> oh, so, so we find out that <laughs> true seven- story, and I don't. I won't go into the context of why I I own this website domain, but I personally own the website domain posthumousporn.com. Continue. Do you really? Oh my god. <laughs> And we're not going to get into that. I, I mean, that I could. Be the next hot take. <laughs> I can. I can tell the story. It's a pretty funny story. It's just a tangent. What is it? Uh, I have a friend who used to always show me videos that he had made of himself having uh, relations with other men. Oh, it would, it would just be like talking about them. He's like, oh, here. And he would like pull up the video. And I used to joke that when he dies, I get the streaming rights to those videos. Right. And one day a group of us were drinking espresso martinis at Neiman Marcus in Beverly Hills. Oh, Had a few too many. And I decided right there in that moment that I was going to buy the website domain posthumousporn.com. And at one point, one of our friends uh, got mad at somebody wearing sunglasses inside on the escalator at this Neiman Marcus and made a snotty comment to them. So then now my friends are shouting at these people from opposite ends of the escalator. And I walk by and I say... I own posthumousporn.com. Don't you know who I am? And I walked away. To the people that were on the escalator yes. wearing sunglasses? Yes. yes. <laughs> and, oh, God. And they're like, what the hell? Yes. That's, a, that's a loaded story. Yeah, but if anyone really? needs that website to me, and I can sell it to you because I've got it. Hey, you can probably make a lot of money with that. <laughs> oh, anyway, so speaking <laughs> of money, the mm-hmm. soap is running out of money. They, there's budget cuts, and the reason why there's budget cuts is because the ratings are down, and the network executive is like, you know, we might have to cancel this show. So we need to do something, and we need to do something to get our ratings up. And so um, the idea was we need Detective. I know his name was Darren. I forget his soap name. Uh, they're like Preston. Okay, Preston Stillwater. And no. they're like, we need, we need him back. And um, Maggie's like, but we killed him. And they're like, well, you can still have him back. This is soap operas. People don't die, which is true. Mm-hmm. People are always coming back from the dead. And when, when they were giving the different scenarios, I was like, oh, I've seen every one of those scenarios before. And when they come back from the dead, if they have a sex tape, it can go on posthumousporn.com. Yes, there you go. Um, so Maggie is like, they're bringing it up, and Maggie's <laughs> like kind of cagey about it, and she's like, I don't think she's going to come back. And we then find out that Darren quit the, quit the show. He went to New York. He did a, fl- a play. The play flopped. And <laughs> so... Um, but the guy's like, nope, we want him back anyway. We don't care. So, this play becomes a huge trigger for him to the point where huge. somebody just mentions the word play, and he, he is like his whole face sinks into his neck. Yeah. I felt sorry for him. That poor guy was scarred. Yeah, he really was. He truly was. I actually thought for 95% of the movie that 
because he will find out that he keeps talking to somebody on the phone and it's sort of mysterious. I thought he was going to therapy. I thought this was movie was going to deal with mental health in a meaningful oh. way. And I was like, go Hallmark. It That's did what not. I thought too. Like I thought it was like a therapist or like a life coach or somebody yeah. to, to like talk him through it. Yeah. I thought the same thing. They, that that, that was not the case. They watered it down. No. Um, so, um, but oh, so then we see like they're watching a soap opera scene, and can know, we can we talk Maggie- about that commissary for a second? Okay, they're in sure. this the commissary on the studio lot, uh, and. On the wall is like a display for their TV show, but it doesn't look like a professional poster that was made for a TV show that's been on for 40 years. It looked like a, you know, when you go to a, a small theater production of something and, you know, it's yeah. it, it's like theater students and they've got that black like poster board with everyone's headshots on it. They put some glitter on it. So it looked right. like that. Yeah, it looked like I was going to a black box theater for like a one night only performance with some like college students for this. 20 seats. Yeah. Yeah. They had this issue, that issue a couple times. Things were scaled back from reality. And it was funny because then at one point they were talking to this older couple in the commissary. They were talking to this older couple who had been together for like almost 40 years, an old couple who were on the show. And every soap has that couple who are married in real life who have been on the show forever. Oh, is that so a that thing? Was kind of funny too. I, I was wondering if that, because I didn't know that that was a thing. That, that, that there oh, no, are, it's a total, like on Days of Our Lives, like this couple have, have been on for like 50 years and they've been married, like they met on the show and got married. Yeah, it's a total thing. Okay. Didn't know that. It's a gig. And so, uh, apparently, and she says they broke up because she badmouthed the play, and he really well, I would break up with someone too if I did a play and they badmouthed it. I believe the reasoning wasn't specifically that she badmouthed it; it's that she badmouthed it, but didn't tell him it wasn't any good, and he was basically blaming her for him picking a shitty play to do. But, so somebody re- related related to him that yeah. she, she she thought it sucked. But then I suspect that she was at, I, I they didn't show this or say this, but I suspect that she was shit talking. And so what he heard probably was her. She, he got her mm. shit talking version of what she was saying. I don't think people shit talk nice. in Hallmark. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what play it was. Like, was this one of those like sequel plays? Like Annie. Annie two or Carrie. Annie two. Wait, there's an Annie two. There, well, we well a, a friend of mine who did the Fringe was in the Annie two, but back in the day, no, they tried. What they, what they tried to do is they tried to do Annie two, mm-hmm. and they, they they put it up for a little bit, and it was it was a bomb. So they're like, uh oh, we got to recoup something here. So they just so they kept a lot of the Annie two people, and they just made an Annie. They just they brought it back to Annie. <laughs> I do sort of remember Annie, Annie 2 being talked about at one point. And I remember even yeah. like when I was much younger thinking, how are they going to – because she, she's not in the orphanage anymore. Right. She's like rich. Where is, where is the conflict 80s. here? Yeah. 
And my that, friend was in it. Apparently, I didn't know. It's like I've known him for a while. I didn't know he was in this original Annie because he because he wrote about it. He writes write about how this was kind of a disaster. I love that though. Well, since we have you here anyway, we might as well just do Annie. Yeah, they just said, well, we we well we we gotta make a money back somehow. So it just, be, it just became Annie. Oh, so so then Maggie goes to to um to to Darren's house, and Darren is actually Nathan from General Hospital. We've seen him before, too. Yes, he's been in a lot of movies yeah, we've talked hot. about. He's really hot. And, and so... Oh, there's so, a key moment in here which which uh, is evidence that they have done the deed. What and was that it? is, she recognizes and gets along with the dog. So as soon as I saw that, I was, oh, she's been cozy at that home quite oh, a bit. Is that evidence of doing it? Yeah. Because people's animals always like me when I go over. Yes, you mean I've done it with my friends. Yeah, but they date. Like, they dated. Yeah, but homework tries to play it off like these people date and they're not doing it. Yeah. But but remember, we're on an all new Hallmark now. That dog affection. I I heard a dog barking just a, a couple minutes ago. Yeah. Is that the dog uh, from the movie, Les? Or is that Happy the dog? It's Iggy the dog. Oh. Iggy's a very big dog, too. I think we've heard that dog before, didn't we? Didn't that? Yeah, I've recorded here before. Well, we were talking about Betty White one time. Betty White no, movie. No, I've recorded here before. No, you've totally heard the dog before. Yeah, I think so. Because I said that Cloris Leachman, she, she, she told Cloris Leachman said she was in Lassie on Larry King Live, and Betty White said, oh, were you the dog? And then, like, right after that, we heard this dog started barking. (laughs) Oh, so so he does not want to go back to the show. And then she starts, like, throwing out all of these perks, which are actually good perks. The one perk she offered him, though, I thought was truly insane because there's no way she even had the authority to offer him script approval. Right. On a soap? Come on. Which... You know, that's what you want. You know, he got that's free lunch, too. She was going to give him, like, free lunch every day. From his favorite like, restaurant. But then yeah. that, though, you, I could see, like, burning out on that after a while. But you'd never burn out on having script approval. Yeah. <laughs> no, that'd be good. Yeah, because you're making enough money on a soap to be able to afford to go buy your own lunch. Yeah. yeah. And that, well, that's well, essentially just, like, a, giving you 100 bucks more a month. But no, but it's a TV set, yeah. and and they're going to have lunch there anyway, and the lunches are normally really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. That's not a perk. Yeah, some of the best food I've had has been on, like, film and TV sets. Well, this is a TV set, though, so they're not in, t- in, they're not on location, so they do have to buy their own food. Right. True. They do? Yeah, if you're, well, at least the way it is in L.A., if you're... On, on a TV set and they have a, a fixed location where they, they shoot all the time, then you're responsible for your own lunch. Uh, sometimes they'll cater to be nice, but they're not required. But if you're on location where the cast and crew don't have options nearby, then they have to cater. Oh, uh, sometimes they do in New York. They will do like a walk away lunch sometimes, but not, I don't think your rule applies in New York because they'll have studio shoots and they'll have, They'll let they'll let the let you eat there. It all depends. And, and then, of course, there's always M and M's. Yeah, 
I don't think a lot of that's happening anymore these days, though. I don't know. That's true, because I guess buffets are kind of remote. Didn't our guest last week tell us, or or maybe it was Meredith, that they're they're not really doing craft craft service anymore. They're not really doing that right now. No? It was Meredith. I forgot. I must have blocked that out. No craft services. Yeah, she totally told us that. Well, I'm not going to do it. Um, so, so then, um, he agrees to the script approval. Mm-hmm. No, he didn't yet. And so, oh no. Oh, oh that's he a, thinks so, about it so, though. He's like, huh? He likes no, it. still not doing it. He likes it. So, uh, Linda, Felicia, what was her name? Alice. Bye, Felicia. Alice. Alice. So, yeah. Alice. Cause I put, cause I put Felicia is talking to Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> so like Alice is talking to Maggie and she really likes Maggie and she's very encouraging to her. And so she tells her that she's, you know, that she's hitting her stride. And um, meanwhile, the agent is telling uh, Darren, look, you need to get to work. You haven't worked in a while. You need to get your ass back to work. Mm-hmm. I like and he, he called him a gentleman farmer. I like that. That's what I want. Oh, be. that's right. Cause he was very into gardening. That's what I want to be. I'm a, I'm a gentleman house. farmer. Whoever was the costume designer for this movie really liked the color purple. Cause this scene with uh, Darren and his agent, Zach, they're both wearing the exact same shade of purple shirt which is uh-huh. a big no-no in costuming. And then the next scene, we see Darren and Maggie again, and they're both wearing purple. And then Darren's wearing purple in, like, two other scenes in the movie. Some of those right. wardrobe people need to calm the fuck down. Yeah. Because if you hand them a shirt that you had them wear and, the, and the, the wire hanger isn't, like, a question mark on the front, they get mad. You better put this... <laughs> I, I, I pissed them off on purpose sometimes. I was working on some shoot, and I just had such a bad experience. I just kind of like, you know, I, I, I didn't really like fold up stuff right. I said, here, here you go. <laughs> so pissed <Ow>. off. So <laughs> angry. That's also, funny. not your job. Right. It's oh, man. These, these wardrobe people are. Aren't they union? That's their. That is their job. Job. So are we. Maybe no, but I mean, are the union, isn't that one of their duties for the know. union? Even if they're not union, if, if their job is wardrobe, then get you know keeping the wardrobe in good shape is their job, not the talent. Because there no. are weird rules. Like, isn't, aren't there rules, like, when it comes to, like, you, like, if on a film set, like, or something, you can't move props. Like, you're not allowed to do someone yeah. else's job. Absolutely. Like, it's a power thing also if they i mean if if they're if they're mad they could yell at an extra because what's the extra gonna do exactly. oh, that is true like they yell at the extras because yeah you can't yell back um oh so then the agent gets really pissed when he finds out that she came to get him his job back give him his job back he's like look you need to take this job so i suspected that he was running out of money because the agent was way too adamant about this. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't think of that. I didn't get that sense. I got the sense. I think they even said it out loud that, hey, you know, you're, the thing in New York happened. you got to get back up on that horse to show people that you're not washed up, essentially. Right. 
But he had only been away from he hadn't been away from the show long enough to be washed it up. It wasn't so the being away from the show that would make him washed up. It's like he quit the show to go do this play. This is like uh, uh, David Caruso leaving NYPD Blue at its peak because he wants to go do some shitty movie, and then the movie flops, and he's the, and he doesn't work for years. Right. Right. Dumb you, move. Yeah. You didn't like Kiss of Death? Is that, was, is that what the movie I think called? that was Kiss the movie, yeah. Kiss of Death. He made a couple movies, you know. Oh, so, so, so then Maggie comes back, and Maggie's like, look, we really need you back. Our, you know, we need help. Our ratings are bad. And then we find out that I guess she was shit talking. Oh no! Oh no! During their breakup, she called him a, a, a method actor with no method. Yes, that's not nice. Right. Well, I think that was their breakup. Or is that what she said about him? That got back to him. Because if that was, if I was dating someone. And they said that about me, and that got back to me. Yeah, I would totally break yeah, up. She she said that after he broke up with her. They okay. they broke up, and she was mad. So this is what she had said. Oh, then that's okay. Then. Yeah, I guess that's, she did shit talking. Okay. She did though. Yeah. Break up shit talking is the, yeah. That's of course that's that's fine. What does she mean? <laughs> oh, so then he's like, okay, so I'll come back. But I'm only going to come back for four weeks. That's it. And so even though she's not happy about it, it's better than nothing. And uh -huh. part of what he wanted was, in fact, the script approval, which I think is hilarious because in an earlier scene in this movie, he is mad that Maggie didn't tell him the script to the play was bad. So he's right. like admitting, I don't know a good script, yet I want to be able to approve the script. Right. Um, so the next day he shows up Man. at the studio and he has a fabulous parking space. Oh, let's talk about the geography now because it starts here. Okay. This okay, so I'm, I'm not aware. The studio, the way that they framed it, they clearly use CG to put the Hollywood sign like right above the studio. So when they're driving onto the, the movie lot, the Hollywood sign is there. Now, there is a studio that is kind of under the Hollywood sign. Paramount lot is right there. So you can see the Hollywood right. sign from there. This was definitely not the Paramount lot. This is probably a studio in Canada or something like the Paramount lot looks very specific. So did this lot and they are not the same. And also, Jason, if you're on the Paramount lot, Paramount lot you can see the Hollywood sign but this Hollywood sign was really close yeah. and, and the movie it, it's not that oh close. there is a scene later in the movie where the sign is even closer and it is one of the worst and most hilarious pieces of CG I've ever seen now have you guys been on the Paramount lot I have yes yes I have I've worked there before I've been there multiple times I've worked there I've done uh, gone on tour there I have friends that work there, so I would walk around. Yeah. And I actually go to yoga next to the studio because I go to yoga at Holly at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Oh, which yeah. is right next door. Yeah. Okay. Um, so oh, so then they give him like a whole welcome back party. Yeah. A and Big then deal. so then the agent pulls Maggie aside. A party with like, less you you uh, glazing over the most important thing, I think, to Kurt. Oh, Where was that? The, uh, the, the giant sheet cake. 
Yeah, I was excited about it. It was a whole affair. These people have to keep their figures, I would think. Like I go, you know, I might eat the cake. I'm not a soap opera star, although. But he wasn't. We find out later, though. He's very fit. Yeah, she wasn't. Maggie was not fit, but he was very fit. Oh, so so then, um, so then the agent pulls Maggie aside and is like, "Listen, you need to get him to extend his contract." Um, which I thought was kind of cool that he was kind of trying to team up with her. No, that wasn't the agent. That was the that D bag oh, Gregory. That was the studio guy. Oh, oh yeah. All those guys kind of looked alike. That executive guy. Yeah. Well, they were all playing like douchey white guy. Um, oh, so then it's then it so then um, it turns out that the older couple like really liked him because he was like, "Oh my gosh, you're still here," and they have basically been there the entire run of the show, pretty yeah. much. And then, um, you know, they're happy to have him back. Then he's in hair and makeup, wait, wait, which wait. is where you do honestly get the real gossip. Wait, 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 wait. before we get to that. This is a funny detail that I, I'm wildly surprised that even the writer of this movie didn't know better. Linda Dano from Attitudes uh, comes along. She's like, okay, we got to wrap up this party because you've got to do so. Hey, everyone, we're doing 180 pages today. Right. Yeah. So if you, for those that don't know, the average in film and television is one page of script is one page of is one minute of screen time. Meaning that if they were filming 180 pages of script that day, they were filming what would probably be the equivalent of about four episodes in one day of a soap opera. Wow. Well, and they never do that, do they? No. No. no, they will sometimes have multiple crews going, but I can't imagine they would have four crews going on the same day. It's epic. Uh, so, so he's so he's in the dressing room and he's he's like so like this real hot woman, and um, the the make the hair lady is introducing them, and we find out that before he left, the character was three years old, but now she's like this hot. 20 something but they do that on soap operas all the co- the time and they call it the character was soras and soras stands for soap opera aging syndrome ah hmm. soras and no it, and it and it happens all the time on soaps all the time but does this make any sense and they always do it like the kids like 5 and then they start talking about the kid being at boarding school and then like a month later the kid's like 20 it's got to be some hard knocks boarding school. I um, I always enjoy when they do that because they don't do it with all of the young characters. No, they don't. So then you'll have some that will age twenty years and others that are the same age still on the show. And how does this justify everybody else's age? It's uh, just like it's a magic they, land. They, people don't really think about it. Or uh, another one that cracks me up is like if there's a character that characters that are like sisters, like even adult sisters, and one of the sisters is younger, but then they recast the younger actress with the with an older actress who's older than the sister oh. that's supposed to be the oldest sister. And it's like obviously older. 
The problem is they're not being held accountable for this. Nobody's watching except for Les. How dare you? How dare you? Huh? I think people are watching. How well, dare you, Kirk? I guess, they, I guess they don't care. Did you see the oh. commercial, by the way, that, that aired during this movie? For yes! Sl- oh, my God, yes, with the neighbor? No. Because the- there was one There was one with the this woman is like unpack this woman is like unpacking a moving van and she goes and introduces herself to the neighbor and the neighbor's like i know that you're gonna become fascinated with me and start dressing like me and steal my life and i'm gonna have to burn your house down like one of the lifetime <laughs> wow commercials i uh, know no i was talking about an ad for something called <laughs> slot omania I didn't get. I didn't have no, it. It's one of I those, you know, like uh, it's like a, a a game, like a slots game for your phone called Slot O Media, starring Sharon Stone. Not oh, the, no, the commercial was not starring Sharon Stone. The slots game for your phone stars you know, Sharon, a cartoon character Sharon Show Stone in like a superhero outfit. Oh, I think I did see that, and I didn't know who it was. I was like. That person looks familiar. They said it at the very beginning of the commercial, but they said it so fast that you're like, wait, did that, did, is that is this a joke? Because I did see her on a glasses commercial. Yeah. That's funny. I guess, though, she'd probably make a lot of money for them using her likeness, right? Oh, I'm sure. The, the, the game literally has her name stamped on it, so she's got to be getting a cut. Because oh. I don't think she's – has she been in a movie in a while? Not a movie. She did an episode of um, this improv crime procedural uh, that Will Arnett does for Netflix called Murderville. Look happy to be there. Oh, Will Arnett, right? He's in that. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I I haven't seen that episode yet. Actually, one of you guys were talking about it though, or somebody was talking about it and saying that she did not look happy, or or maybe I heard it on Howard Stern. I heard it somewhere that. She was not having it on that show. Oh. I think it was Howard Stern. I heard that. I'll, mm. My friend Irene is in the episode. I'll ask her. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, we need to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. Oh, so they're still trying to figure out ways to bring him back. And he's like, well, you know, what if I came back as his twin? And they're like, nope, that's already overdone, which it is. And then... um He's like, uh, what if I come back as a vampire? And That's which cool. that has happened on soaps too. Yeah. But uh, but she wasn't liking that idea either. And then this cute guy comes in and invites them to his play. And then it sounds like this set, like it sounds like they loved each other and had a lot of fun together because then these uh, the hair and makeup people start like a hiking club. Yeah. And so um, they're going to go hiking to the Hollywood sign. Now, the, the hike to the Hollywood sign is near my house. So I go on that hike several times a week. And that was not the hike to the Hollywood and, sign. And I manage a tour company that does hikes to the Hollywood sign twice a day. <laughs> and every time they would show them allegedly hiking to the Hollywood sign, I'm like, that is nowhere near the Hollywood sign. Especially when they got close to the Hollywood sign. And I'm like, um... There's a big gate around it. There's no way that you could get that right. close. It's literally monitored by Homeland Security. 
Yeah, because it's such it? a big landmark. Yes. Yeah. Oh boy. How long of a hike is it to walk up there? It depends on where you go from. Uh, if you go there, there's a, a a trail that starts on sort of the Burbank side, and you could go up to the front and back of the sign. And it's about four miles round trip. If you just go to the front, it's about two miles round well, trip. It's a good hike. It's a fun hike. Two miles would be good. Oh, and so then. So, so then he, Darren, gets a mysterious phone call. Yes. Mm. And so then Maggie gets a call from <sighs> Alice, and Alice is, fl- oh, no, this is at the play. Um, Allie, uh, Maggie gets a phone call from Alice, and the part, their party's canceled because they lost... Um, their space where they were going to have the party. I, I, like, didn't well, I didn't even understand. I didn't even understand until this moment that there was going to be a party. I guess it's an anniversary party for the older couple, and they probably yeah. mentioned it, but they were treating this party all of a sudden like it's really important, even though they barely mentioned it before this point. I was confused as well. I thought it was like a scene that they had to shoot in the show, because why is Alice so invested in this anniversary party for these, these people? But but then, like, you know, I, I guess as the, they, you know, she was the producer, but the way that they portrayed her was like she was like the caring, like she mothered all of them, yeah. and she cared about all and, of them. And, and if, if you believe the timeline for all the characters in the movie, Alice had been at that show since the beginning, as had the couple that met on set on the first week of filming well right. it wasn't clear to me yeah and what, what was also kind of wild is there is another event that happens in this movie that seems to warrant a party much more than this couple's anniversary at least in the context of this movie right and and then he says that the reason he volunteered his place was because alice was very good to him when he first started the show yeah so they're so then they're on the hike, and she's telling the makeup lady that she thinks that Darren has a girlfriend because she's seen him take these mysterious oh, calls. Before that, these people are dicks. There's a guy who works with them who just who invited them to the play, and they're all they're all shit talking his play. Yeah, we won't do that. Yeah. That's not nice. Even Alice was shit talking it. Yeah. Oh, uh, except except. For Darren, Darren did not shit talk the play. But then we find out the reason he didn't shit talk it is because he actually fell asleep. (laughs) Well, that's a way of enjoying it. Yeah. So Maggie is so out of shape that... Didn't look too out of shape. No, she did not at all. She was so out of shape that when she was passing Darren, Darren was like on his way down. Yeah, what's up with this hiking? When you go hiking with people, you just run ahead of everybody? Is that what people... Sometimes it depends on how slow they are. I think in the case of Darren, he actually didn't go with them to go hiking. He just happened to be there. Whereas the the makeup people and Maggie, they they all... And and the, the guy that did the play the night before, they all went together. But if you go hiking with me and you're too slow, I will leave you. Well, that's rude. I've done it before. All right. I'm, I'm sorry, Kurt. I'd leave. I'd leave. Oh no, I'm not too slow. <laughs> I might. I might leave you behind. You'll, you'll see. 
Like that's oh, you know, I went hiking. Did you do you remember Rebecca Kling? I was like, yeah. remember, I knew I went hiking with someone who you knew to the Hollywood sign. It was Rebecca Kling. Did you leave her behind? No, I did not. Rebecca Kling could keep up. <laughs> yeah, I can keep up. Uh, um. Oh, so then once again, um, she's he's talking to Maggie. Um, <laughs> they're talking about why he didn't stay in New York and he was like because New York was never home to me and then once again he's getting like this mysterious phone call and so they're shooting a scene his character so wait they what they settled on was that his character was going to have amnesia and so when they first started doing the scene I thought that he was acting and acting like he had amnesia because yeah the, the, his co-star fed him his line and he just sat there. So I thought, oh, this is good acting because he's like thinking. Mm-hmm. But he was not thinking. No. He just couldn't remember his lines because he was nervous. But once again, this is a very helpful cast and crew because they tried to help him out. Yeah. And so then uh, Maggie's realizes that he's struggling. She takes everybody, you know, she makes everybody go on a break. Yeah. I actually actually have an actual soap question, Les. They used to use teleprompters on soaps uh, because they're, they're doing so much filming in it. And I know that at some point, maybe 15, 20 years ago, that soaps largely abandoned that practice. You know why? Like they all stopped doing it. I don't know. I, and, and especially since, you know, they don't, they it normally don't do 180 pages a day, right. but they do, they do do a yeah, lot. Yeah, I know they do a day. lot. So it made sense that they used to use them. It, it, it didn't make a lot of sense that they then stopped after it had been a practice for so long. Maybe, maybe budgetary reasons. Because in uh, real yeah, life, the soaps sense. really do have, are having budget issues too. Yeah. That's why they canceled a bunch of them. So maybe it's a budget thing. Um, oh, so then he explains to Maggie that, like, he, you know, we thought that New York, like, killed his confidence, but New York, like, killed his confidence. And, you know, she's like, and she's like, you know, we all wanted you to do well here. No one's, you know, no one's judging you or anything. We just want, you know, we want you to do well. And so, um, she's, oh, then she starts asking him, you know, uh, about his grandfather. And then he goes back and I guess he thinks about his grandfather and he does the scene and the scene's really good. So then he, for the party, he's checking out bartenders for the party. And so he invites her to go and check out this bartender. And a mixologist the, who says he has been divorced twice, twice, which I was like, wow, Hallmark. Now you're not talking about someone who's been divorced once. You're talking about someone who's been divorced twice. Yeah. This guy was like a young Nathan Lane. <laughs> All of it. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah. He had a good head of hair. I remember the guy. 
Oh, so the guy makes a special cocktail just for them because your 40th anniversary is your ruby anniversary. And so he made a ruby cocktail. And so then he's talking to, uh, uh, I almost called him Nathan. Um, Darren is talking to um, Maggie and he then tells her that, you know, it was always his dream to do theater. And so when the play didn't work out, that, you know, that gutted him. This is where and I was thinking, I started thinking, you know, you don't have to do Broadway. A lot, lot of big I don't think this actor. was Broadway, the play that he did. He said it was. Oh, it was? Yeah, it was, the so. reason he did it and took the shitty play is because he just, he had always wanted to be on Broadway, even though he knew in his heart that it wasn't really very good. Yeah, and you don't have to do that. You can even come to New York and do like a smaller theater and there's there's yeah people do that all the time in New York. the actors who do that or do it anywhere he just if he just wants to be on stage he has to be on broadway but he wanted specifically broadway well people aren't going to go see your play it's tourists coming in to see the lion king oh so so then they named the drink what did they do you guys remember the name of the, the drink 40 year romance i believe it was called and then the bartender hmm. recognizes him and the bartender drink. is like, you know, my wife loves you. And he, she loves your, my ex-wife loves you. Which was kind of good timing because then she was having like that attack in confidence and then he got recognized. I was like, oh, that's cool. He was going to go text his ex-wife. Yeah. He, yeah. Hasn't let, he has not let go in this, yeah. of this relationship. And she he is has... going to use that in her restraining order against her ex. That's right. right. He keeps texting me about it. Stupid things. Oh, so then Alice asks uh, Maggie to cover for her at the soap opera convention over the weekend because she's got to babysit her grandkids. And that sounds like a cool thing to do. Go to the soap opera convention. Um, So, and then if you're into that. And then meanwhile, who someone found another play for uh, Darren. Zach did, the, the agent. Yeah, okay. So, so then they go to the soap opera convention. The rooms were next door to each other. She's nervous because she's never done any, Maggie's never done anything like this before. And then uh, Darren gives her a rubber band and says, put it around your wrist. And if you're nervous, just play with the rubber band and it's a, it's a good trick. And so then he gets another phone call again and the woman on the other end of the phone was very loud. Cause Maggie could hear her. He went in the room and he was like in the middle of the room and Maggie's in the hall and Maggie could hear that it was a woman. Yeah. And Maggie's and, trying to eavesdrop and she knocks over all his golf clubs. We never see anybody playing golf in this movie well also (laughs) this this resort where they go to this soap opera convention it was presumably in la because while they're away at this soap opera convention and staying at this resort they go hiking to the hollywood sign again yeah he brought those golf clubs what a pain in the ass lugging around a bunch of golf stuff right. i'd rather just not play golf that doesn't sound relaxing to me lugging around a bunch of stuff i agree i agree so so then they're having a panel 
which Teresa was or Maggie was nervous about. Hey, that shows a big hit, huh? That 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 was that panel was packed with people. And then, I mean, there must have been twenty five people there. That yeah. maybe twenty six. Like <laughs> but she's actually doing well. Yeah. <laughs> and so she said because oh, and then someone asked uh, what hit what his Darren's ideal date was and so he paints this scenario and then when they're done we find out that that was their first date yeah she didn't like it she didn't like that he used that as an example well because she thought that it was some cheesy move he was using on everyone and he's like no it was our first date so, so then we're at another panel and then this dick gets up and asks a dick question to to Darren. Like, you know, was it hard for you to come back after your play flopped? I was like, you're a dick. And the and I forgot to mention the the person leading the panel and also the person who checked them in, which was the same person, was very, let's say, flamboyant. Yes. Ken. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and, Ken was representing. Oh, so then they're at a um. Oh, so then Tari- So then Maggie like sticks up for him basically and covers, and up it's like, Ken? you know what? Yeah. He came back, and we had to beg him to come back, and he had all sorts of offers, which I was like, oh, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. So so then they're at a party, and Darren is getting headhunted by a producer from another show. Yeah, what was the name of it? It's tomorrow, oh, tomorrow, tomorrow always comes. Yes, yes, That's the name of it. <laughs> that and so then they're at the party, and then once, mm-hmm. once again, the flamboyant, the, the flamboyant um, producer, or whatever, was like, <laughs> "Well, hello, you two. No, he was like the uh, party manager. He was, yeah. he was like the well, tour guide. He would, guy. well, like at first, he introduces himself as like the, you know, their like the the guy that was organizing their weekend, but then next thing you see, right. he's moderating the panel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he had a lot of jobs. He, he's a jack of all trades. It's a labor so, so shortage then, right he, now. <laughs> right. Hmm. So, so then um, uh, Maggie and Darren are talking and he's basically thanking her for having his back. And then they almost kiss. Like they always do in Hallmark. Scandalous in this case, though, because as far as Maggie believes, he has a girlfriend. Yes. Oh, yes. I didn't think of that. And I, I like it. the fact that she thinks he has a girlfriend, and even though she's interested, she's still being kind of like, you know, she keeps her wits about her. And I kind of like that. Like, she didn't, like, go all, you know freaky she just kind of like is like i'm interested but he has a girlfriend so i'm just gonna deal with it not well later in the movie that is very much not the case right but like right now she's still playing it cool yeah wait i'm just trying to figure out the, the point that jason made before well so why are they staying in a hotel i don't know 
I mean, what? well, I, I'm guessing <laughs> that, le, like, let's me. say that, that the resort is in a nice resort in Los Angeles. Like, if you're the talent and they're going to give you a free room for the weekend, you might take it. Like, I get that, but it just seems silly yeah. to me that they would bring all this junk with them, like golf clubs and all these <laughs> other things, and, and then go hiking to the Hollywood sign, which they can do any day. Right. So, so then, oh, so then, like, the next day... Maggie's like hiking on her own to the Hollywood side because now now it's her goal to make it up there. Maybe she never makes it there because they're not actually in Griffith Park. Right. And then Darren catches her because he's there too. And then, okay, there are no, the only bears that I see near the Hollywood sign because they heard a bear and started running. The only bears that I see at the Hollywood sign live in Silver Lake yeah. and go to the Eagle. There are not bears <laughs> in Griffith Park. There is a mountain lion, though. There's P-22. Who's famous? Yes, it's famous. Well, well a fairly famous mountain lion that will like occasionally show up in somebody's like driveway at one of the houses nearby. Because there's a lot of like residential homes in that area. Uh, I see. There's yeah, snakes, not, there's snakes there. So there's there's really one mountain lion he makes the rounds. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like okay. they've chipped him so they can follow him. And, and so yeah, so yeah, there. But they made it look like it was like in the middle of the woods. It is not in the middle of the woods. No. <laughs> they hear, but they hear some kind of growl. And then yeah, it was the and then they don't they really care. Bear. They're like, oh well, we'll just keep walking around. It's nothing to see here. Um, Are you? At, were, did you want an action scene in this where they see a bear and they have to fight it? I wanted the two of them to be eaten alive by a bear. That's, <laughs> That's what I wanted, time. but I'm not going to get what I want. The wrong bear. <laughs> oh, so then um, later. Oh, so oh, so then she brings up an interesting. She brings up a good point. She's like, you know, dummy. People do plays <laughs> and do a TV show at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but especially since they want him on the show so right. bad, he could probably make some demands that he could leave early and things like but that. But the way that she played, made it sound like she, it wouldn't even have to be a demand. Yeah, and, and yeah. I, as I understand it with soaps, because they do film for so many episodes a year, like even the biggest stars on the soap will have like big chunks of time off while they're focusing on other storylines. Yeah, like you know, when they when they go to the insane asylum, or you know, when they fall over a cliff and disappear, and you think they're dead for a couple of months, you know, things like that. Yeah, yeah, these people don't, shouldn't be worried about anything. They've they're they're very privileged. But no, but it was just crazy though because he's going on about it, and she's like, "This isn't even an issue. What's your problem?" Yeah. Man, you notice that none of the other actors on the soap ever get any credit. Like he's he's in the scene, they're like, "Oh, Darren, Darren, this is great." Yeah, you know, this the other actors is in. They just they just ignore them. Well, the ratings like were in the toilet when Darren was gone. So I mean, frankly, he is the draw. Yeah. Okay. So what about their self esteem, Darren? Uh, yeah, that that other guy. Not a, he 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 isn't a star and was in a bad play. At least yeah. Darren is a star and was in a bad play. Oh, so so then they're at another event, and the the producer from the rival soap opera 
goes up to Maggie and is like, so I hear your show is getting canceled. And then she says something smart-ass back to him. Yeah, she kind of turned around on him and said, oh, I've heard the same thing about your show. Yeah. She says something, well, I heard that tomorrow will never come. Oh, burn. Sick burn, Maggie. And then he gets sort of bitch face. He gets like a scrunched up, scrunched up. His face looks like a croissant. Like he is not (laughs) a croissant. (laughs) He's been had. So, so then the next day, I guess it was the next day, uh, Alice and Maggie and the other Alice doesn't lady, live here anymore. Okay, the so other lady, it. the older lady, who's part of the couple, they're all having lunch. And they're like, so what happened over the weekend? And, you know, uh, she once again is like, well, I think he has a girlfriend. No, she's like, so how many inches did you get? She's like, oh, stop it. This is the version. So then they do another scene, Mm -hmm. and then they're hiking, and we find out that they are wait. Like she's Maggie says she's basically hiking to kill time because the ratings are going to come out soon. And so they go. So then we find out that when they were a couple, they used to like order a pizza and wait for the ratings. And then we find out the ratings are up. He's done his job. And then there's another scene. And then once again, uh, Maggie is told, okay, you need to get him to stay longer. Did you You notice where this scene took place? The scene with her and Gregory, where where Gregory is trying to get her to like extend Darren's contract. Where was it? They're standing outside the studio under a monorail. They were oh, like tra- they were like tracks for like Disneyland? an elevated train. I'm like, what the hell kind of LA do they think that this is? Because yeah, we've got monorails all through LA. It's like uh, we have a subway. Hello, were they at Epcot? What? Maybe they're in the LA land. It's probably in Vancouver. Oh, because there's no monorail, there's a monorail in Vancouver, is there? Like an is elevated train, like Chicago has. I'm sure it was in Canada. I'm sure they filmed this in Canada. Chicago has the L. Yeah, they weren't Chicago. Um, I don't know. So, so then um, she's talking to him, and he's like, "Well, okay, you know, you do want me to stay longer, so you know what I'm gonna do. Since the ratings are up, I'm gonna stay, but I'm not staying. I'm only gonna stay until sweeps week. So I will stay a little longer, but not much." So, so then we're at we're at the party and it's a nice party, and then he gives this Darren gives a speech, and then um, the next day, uh, Maggie's going on like a lunch run, like you know she goes to the makeup oh, woman. And is like, well, I'm going to this place for lunch. You want me to pick you up something? So she's on this lunch run and she sees Darren going into this building, and she's like. Oh, really? This is where his girlfriend is. And so she follows him, and she walks into the middle of an acting class. And everyone's laughing. It's like, and it's him and a bunch of women in the acting class. Yeah, that was interesting. And one of the women is like, is this an improv? And so then Maggie gets embarrassed and runs out. 
he runs after her and we find out that he was so scarred by that play that he went back to acting class. Yeah, she's like, she, she says, uh, I had no idea it was so bad. It was that so bad he went to an acting class. That play really did a job on him. What was wild about this is there's an acting class on the studio lot and he's trying to do this on the down low, but is going to the acting class right where all of his co-workers work. Right. And, and it looked so, like an abandoned building also. Like, all the windows were boarded up. There was no... It was a, a very strange situation. And so that was the person who he was talking to on the phone, his acting coach, because he was so scarred. Yeah, not a that therapist. he needed the acting coach's encouragement. Doris Roberts used to take acting classes. So when she, even she was she was older. She, she would take an acting class every week. It's not well, like because a, she was Mildred Krebs. That's why a lot of people do that. Yeah. So it's not it's not the last resort. It's not like you're you're in your turmoil. That means you have to go take an acting class. No, I'm well. Then he started describing, and I guess people like would walk out. He'd see the people walking out of the show and stuff, and you know, it's yeah. kind of bad. Yeah. And so then, oh, and then we find out he doesn't have a girlfriend at all. He's totally single. And so. Well, I think he's working his way through that acting class. And then they agree not to hide <laughs> things from each other. <laughs> yeah, so then they, yeah, mm-hmm. they agree not to hide things from each other anymore. And mm-hmm. then he gets a, a mystery call about a script. But he says, I need to think about it for a few days. So then the producer calls Maggie in and oh wait, who was it that said that they needed this to take a, the show in a different direction? Was it exactly Ma- Maggie's been trying to push Alice to contemporize the show and the characters a little bit. And Alice has been resistant and Maggie's like, look, like, these are my ideas. Take a look. She gives her this book that she's got with all her ideas. Next day, Alice is like, you're pitching in the network. And so then they go and they meet with Gregory who loves her ideas so much that not only gives Maggie the executive producer role on the show, like they just, they basically just kick Linda Dano out of this movie in a, in a very swift amount of time because they, they made a big deal about this party for this couple that we don't really care about in this movie. Linda Dano, who we've grown to know throughout the movie, they're like, okay, bye, you're retired after 40 years. They don't have a party or anything. Right, because next no. she's got her boxes. <laughs> she's carrying her boxes out. They kicked her to the curb. Right. Damn, pack up your desk. I'm surprised they didn't get security to escort her out. Yeah, well, she, but then she looked like she was happy to leave, too. She wasn't, like, broken up about it. Really. Yeah, I guess so. This all executive the- was really easy to please all of a sudden. Yeah, he didn't like anything, and all of a sudden Alice tells him, like, I want to completely blow up the show and change all these characters. He's like, oh, cool, let's do it. Yeah, get she out. barely let's opens her get mouth. Out. She barely parts her lips, and he's like, yes. Oh, so then we find out that the new direction is actually working, and it's helping the show, and the ratings are going up. Mm-hmm. But then... I Maggie- did feel like when they when they were talking about all these changes and contemporizing the, the show, that it was a little bit of meta-commentary on what's going on at Hallmark. 
Oh, just the whole we're changing. Out yeah, we're 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 oh, you know like we're not really changing, but we're we're bringing this thing into the 21st century, uh, you know, and here's how we're gonna do it. Right. Um. So so then, um, Maggie then gets wind from I, was it the agent that that was like. Someone told Maggie. Dar- uh, Gregory told Maggie oh. that Darren's doing a play. Yeah, the da- and he's leaving. Yeah, but he's doing a play and he's leaving the show. And so mm-hmm. then Maggie's pissed because Maggie's like, <clears throat> "Wait, you're not going to tell me?" So Maggie's like, "I'll fix your ass. I'm going to kill you off. You're going to get hit by a bus." Also, pretty so- fucked up that that the. The network exec knows that Darren is leaving, allegedly. But Maggie, the executive producer of the show, doesn't know? Right. So, oh, so then the hiking like, the hiking gang goes to hike, and they're like, where's Maggie? And they look up, and Maggie's at the top of the Hollywood sign. So that's what I don't get. Why... They, they go to hike together. Why is she? Why, she must have got there like an hour early. Well, well, first of all, just so you know, when you go hiking at that part, you can't see no. a people. You can't make out anybody on the Hollywood sign. They look like ants. Yeah, and the the closest you can get to the front of the sign, you're still fairly far away from. You're right under it. You'll get good, like amazing photos there, but you are not like right up under the sign. You're like below no. it. And the closest you'll get to the sign is going to the back. And even then, you can't touch the letters. There's a big fence there. You can't go through. Is L.A. Um, <laughs> just a general question. Is L.A. kind of is it is it like too crowded, too congested? Like, is, is there is there room for, so. for more people to like live in L.A.? Yeah, we have space compared to New York for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's more congested in the city, you know, proper. Like, I'm in West Hollywood. It's more of a city here than it is, say, in the San Fernando Valley in terms of, like, how on top of people each other are. But but mm-hmm. it's not right. bad here, no. Is it is expanding? Oh. Is it getting bigger? It is expanding. Well, population? It's, it's expanding, and then they're also, like, knocking a lot of buildings down and building, con- like, condo buildings. But, like, high-end yeah. ones. As as far as population here, uh, we were growing, growing, growing. I think the pandemic saw um, a drop in population, but that'll bounce back as everyone's going to want to always move here because the weather's good, because there's you know career opportunities here, and there's big events that draw people here, like the Olympics are coming up in twenty eight. So, and I don't know about you, Jason. I don't know about you, but I had a bunch of friends who moved home. Mm-hmm. During the pandemic, and they are now like, Came "What back. the hell did I do? I'm yeah. coming back." Yep. So I have friends that are coming back. Yeah. Okay. Uh, another question: Does LA have? Uh, so we all know the entertainment industry is there. Does the LA also host any other any other industry? Yes, um, I have a my my. Um, I guess he's my nephew, my niece's fiance. He's in like the technologies industry like he's like in like engineer like aerospace 
And there's stuff like that here too. Yeah. There, so tech in general ha- has grown a lot here over the past few years because as rent was getting really expensive in Seattle and Silicon Valley, they're like, oh, we want to be closer to the entertainment industry anyway because we see a lot of opportunities there. So there's a whole area of LA known as Silicon Beach, which is a lot of tech. So like Apple Music a- a- is based here. Uh, Hulu is based here. Uh, Snapchat is based here. Um a bunch of companies like that. So there, there's a lot of tech money here and a lot of aerospace, okay. like you said. Like JBL is, a, is in Pasadena, for instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good place to live. Like, economically, it's good. I think, like, it's not as yeah. bad as New York. Right. Yeah. Like, where I'm at in West Hollywood, it's the second most <laughs> expensive city for rents in all of California after San Fran. But I'm rent-stabilized, so what I paying i'm getting a great deal for my money and if i paid this amount in new york i would ha- my entire bedroom would be the size of my apartment that right whereas and now i your, have your apartment's pretty big my Jason. apartment's huge it's it's very very huge it, i have 1800 square feet which is pretty insane right okay why are you thinking about making the move out here kurt uh no i was just curious i i like um I like it for a couple of reasons. Certainly, certainly the weather. I don't, I, at, at a certain point, I don't want to, I, I would prefer not to live somewhere that had uh, cold weather. Uh-huh. It's so an like easier city to yeah. live in than, than say in New York or probably is Chicago. Because mm-hmm. the, A, the weather yeah. would be like, you aren't as on top of each other. You do get a little space, uh, both, you know, in terms of what you rent and just like physical space between people you're not, Right up in the yeah. face. Yeah. And my entertainment career. But we'll see. I'd have to, I would have to have some things here uh, taken care of. So, right. We'll see. Oh, by the way, the old, the older guy, part of the couple decided to join them on their hike. Yeah. Yeah. He's got like ski poles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when they catch up to, um, Maggie, he's like, oh, well, guess what, Maggie? I'm going to be in a play with Darren, and I'm going to be playing his father. And Maggie's like, well, wait a minute. Are you, what, you're leaving the show? And he's like, no, I'm not leaving the show. I'm doing both. And then she realizes that she messed up because Darren's not leaving the show either. And so she's going to kill him off. He's going to be hit by a bus. Right. So she rushes back. She changes everything. She apologizes. They're back together. And then we see more of like the new direction of the show. The end, right? Yep. Yeah, he says that when he's talking about the play, he said the 16 actors turned down the role before he took the part. That was the New York play. Yeah, the New York play. Yeah, the one that flopped, yeah. And that's it. That was it, man. I liked it. I wrote... I wrote, the end. Good. (laughs) (laughs) The end, good. No, it was okay. It definitely had, you know, the usual tropes in there. They almost kissed. There's, you know, somebody accidentally thinks they're a couple, and... 
usual stuff. I, I, there was an fine. element of this movie that was almost there, and they they sh- I I feel like they should have used it. Is they have this uh, these two characters we don't actually meet their parents in the movie, um, and we don't know the status of you know whether they're they're dead or alive like a Hallmark movie normally would do. But they had this elder statesman couple on the show and they could have made them like the parental figures and they really weren't right there was potential like you said the mental health potential that would have been interesting the having the party oh, right. for linda dano's character instead of the couple <laughs> it should have been a retirement party for linda dano it shouldn't have been a 40th right. anniversary party yeah right. just exactly cab for well, actually, though, they still could have they still could have worked the forty year angle into Linda Dano's character because she's been there for forty yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they could have had a party for her, not for that couple. But yeah, but I, but but you know, I think it, it's 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 the best movie we've seen in a while. <laughs> I know it was fine, I guess. Uh-huh. Well, you have a special interest glowing class, review, you know Kurt. What's that? A, what? glowing, a glowing review from Kurt. <laughs> yeah, glowing. Yeah, yeah. This will. I think we're about. For Emmy. I think we're about due to see like a killer movie. Yeah. yeah. Or like we're due to see like a bonkers, bonkers, bonkers lifetime movie. We haven't <laughs> seen anything that's like been like over the top, just bonkers as hell for a while like a killer or a psycho or one of those yes. eric roberts yeah. ones oh you know i was thinking about eric roberts over the weekend oh my gosh that's right because there's like how many movies there's one or, or two more that we haven't seen yet yeah no because i was Which wondering what stalked <laughs> by my doctor last sunday the oscars were on i was wondering does eric roberts like get acting work the night of the Oscars because all the other actors are at the Oscars so the other actors are available. He, so he's like, gets some work that night. He's like the designated survivor. <laughs> yeah. Knowing him, he'd probably do like two acting gigs on that night. He's like, I'm the only one available tonight. Everybody else is out. Do you think when Eric right. Roberts watched this movie and he heard that they were filming 180 pages in one day, his eyes like bugged out of his head like, yes. Oh, no, actually, he'd probably that's be like, it? slackers, 180 pages. Come on, that's nothing. I do that in my sleep. <laughs> because I write all those words. I got I got teleprompter in my sunglasses. Oh, he no, he'd be appalled by a teleprompter. Are you kidding? Oh, I, Roberts? I don't think, well, I don't, he, I don't think a I don't know how it works, but I, I would I don't think it would be beneath him to use an earpiece. And Robert Downey Jr. Use an ear, uses yeah, an earpiece. Yeah. Oh, I have no judgment Apparent, when it comes to that. Apparently, well, uh, Bruce Willis was using one. Oh, well, Bruce, poor, I, that, poor Bruce. that one really bummed me out. Same. That, that, that story is really heartbreaking. And I think he that, was being taken advantage of also. I bet the there's an element years. of that. I bet there's a yeah. little oh. bit of an element of that. Because he did shitty. Well, I, don't know, I, I, I saw one of those movies. One, one movie he made. I think it was called Acts of Violence. But even that was like well, a couple years before. He's hardly in it, and it's like it's not great. But some well, of these movies, towards, yeah, some of these movies are really. I saw like some of the trailers that look really bad. Because wasn't he basically doing pretty much like 
kind of like what Michael Caine did and just do like a bunch of straight to video, whatever. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. they were basically like, we'll give you $2 million for two days of work. And he's like, all right, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently he was stockpiling money, but didn't he have money? I don't know. I'm sure he had a ton of money. He needed more more money. But, you know, I guess if you're, if you're, if retirement is on the table, yeah, you want to like. And also, you know, we, I don't know a lot about his upbringing, but if he kind of grew up in a, a family where they didn't have a lot, there's always, no matter how successful you are, no matter how much money you have, there's always that fear in the back of your head that you're going to lose it all. And he has a bunch of kids. Well, they're all like adults. Bunch. They're all adults now. But yeah, that was so sad. Um, oh, poor Bruce. Anywho, and if you want to find me, you can find me on my website, lescorkendallbarrett.com. Jason. Please rate and review us on whatever podcasting platform you listen to us on. Give us five stars. That way more people can find the show. Maybe our Australian friends are spreading the word. Who knows? Oh, hey, Australia. Hey, Australia. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter okay. at Big Shot Jason. Oh, and we're all on Instagram and uh, uh, Facebook at Lifetime of Hallmark Podcast. Kurt. I appeared on the Shelf Shedding movie show. Um, that's going to be, we did an Oscar episode, and we did it before the Oscars aired. So we we pick our Oscars, Oscar picks. We announce our Oscar picks, and and we do that. So that's now, fun. Now do, yeah. you, are, now, do you two do kind of like a, a like a, a wrap-up, not a wrap-up show, or just like do you touch base? No, that we haven't, but I guess we could. It's not my show. It's uh, my friend Jason Debray. That's mm-hmm. his show. And so, and I, I went on it. I've been on it a couple of times as a special guest. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And speaking of other podcasts, I have another podcast. It's the Reality Reading Rainbow, where uh, my co host Victoria and I talk about books written by reality stars. And this week, we are talking about the book uh, Caviar Dreams on a Tuna Fish Budget by Margaret Josephs from The Real Housewives of New Jersey. So Mm. check it out. And I think that's it. So it's 10 o'clock here in Minneapolis. So I'm going dancing at the saloon. (laughs) All right. Sounds like fun. (laughs) So I'll see y'all later. Bye. Bye. Bye.